Welcome to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast with Steve Gordon. Welcome to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Gordon, and today I got to tell you, I'm super excited. We're going to be talking about one of my favorite marketing subjects and favorite marketing tools today with Tracy Eno. She's a Kansas City LinkedIn expert and a single mom of four and um, and really has quite an unstoppable story. In uh, July of 2015, she sustained third-degree burns and, uh, and spent six days in the burn unit, five surgeries over the course of nine months. And not long after that, she wrote her very first article, um, which I think she's going to tell us was published in LinkedIn on LinkedIn Pulse, and uh, just saw wild success with it. And since then, she has really gone on to be one of the top LinkedIn experts in the country. Um, if you don't have her book, you need to go get her book for sure. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm just excited to, to have you here, Tracy, and, and to be talking about all the great things that are happening on LinkedIn. Thanks, Steve. Thank you for having me today. I'm very honored to be here. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and I think it's going to be important for, for everybody that's listening. I know for a lot of the, the folks that we attract, um, LinkedIn is a, is a good uh, platform for them. Um, so we'll, we'll dive into that. But, but first, I'd love for you to give us a little bit beyond just what was in the bio about your background. How you, how'd you get to this stage? How'd you become a LinkedIn expert? Um, actually, it was quite by accident. Um, so I was downsized four, time, four times, twice in four years. Uh, first from National City Bank, I was in um, mortgage origination back in 07, 08. And uh, National City was one of those banks that did not get bailed out by the government at that time. And so PNC Mortgage came in and bought them out and PNC laid all of us off. So I was one of those folks here in the Kansas City area, but I actually worked down in Branson at the time. So I worked out of my house, out of Branson, even though my corp or my office here was in Leewood, Kansas, and um, I couldn't find a job. I mean, and, and I still have my broker, real estate broker's license, so I had to move back up here to Kansas City, and I worked for a firm um, back um, in 08 through 2011, and we did mostly uh, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac uh, foreclosures. And we had a huge foreclosure market. And so when the uh, economy started improving, she decided to close her shop and move us over to Keller Williams here in Lee Summit and decided she wanted us to be her buyer's agent. So not only would I have to pay Keller Williams their fee, I would also have to pay her a cut of what I made. And I told her she could take her job and shove it. <laughs> and so, <laughs> <laughs> and so um, I closed my last transaction on Valentine's day, February 14th, 2011. And in fact, I got an article on LinkedIn that shares kind of that situation and why I quit <laughs> the real estate game <laughs> after that. Um, but then I, I really had a hard time finding, you know, anything that was equivalent you know, I kind of used to being an entrepreneur and working my own hours and didn't want to be tied down to a job with two young kids still at home. Um, but I did. I looked and, you know, lo and behold, uh, daycare before and after school was going to cost me $600 a month. That was more than that's twice my car payment, you know. And so um, I dabbled in insurance for a little bit and it just didn't work out. And so I found a position on LinkedIn from a company by the name of SGN Nutrition. They were out of Carlsbad, California. 
and they sold and promoted their uh, product in Costco's and Sam's Clubs. So we would go demo like four times a week and sell boxes of this nutritional supplement. And I did so well that I got promoted within a few months to regional manager, which meant I was in charge of seven states and 83 stores. And I did a lot of traveling. Wow. And so things are going well. I was making six figures and um, they partnered with the second largest pharmaceutical company in the country and was given a significant amount of money and they blew through that in three months. So the pharmaceutical company came in and said, you're going to have to lay off some of your staff and they let all the field people go except for one. And so now I'm without a job again in 2000, October of 2012. So now I'm living off of savings and I'm not sure what I'm going to do at this point. But in between times, what we were, what I was doing is uh, we were actually sourcing our uh, demo folks on Craigslist and LinkedIn. So I got to dabble in LinkedIn a lot um, at that time. And I had some friends and colleagues that were kind of getting into that LinkedIn. Um, you know, they were curious about it and I was showing them back then it was way different than it is today. Yeah, I remember <laughs> <laughs> but how to do things for free. So I was teaching people how to use LinkedIn for free. And so um, I happened to go see my sister who had an inoperable brain cancer on uh, that day after Christmas um, in uh, uh, January. No, day after Christmas in 2012, sorry. Um, and she was starting to lose her short-term memory. So this was kind of my last time to sit and talk with her and we sat down with a glass of wine and I confided in her about what had been going on and I was scared. And she says, you know what? You just need to go take the risk. You're already doing it for free. Why not get paid for it? And I actually took her advice because my sister too was in a similar situation back in the eighties. She was working for a very prestigious advertising firm in San Francisco and she just wasn't getting the notoriety and the pay for her worth. And so she decided to start her own company she learned a few more uh, strategies as far as uh, painting goes. She learned watercolors. And within just a couple of years, she opened up her own art gallery in San Jose and was selling her paintings worldwide. Wow. Just amazing. So I listened to my sister. <laughs> and when I got home, I took the leap. And uh, it was very short going at first, but I wasn't just doing LinkedIn. Um, I was actually going to networking meeting after networking meeting. I did three or four a week and trying to get people to do like the Google maps and the reputation marketing, building mm -hmm. their websites, you know, a digital marketing agency. And it wasn't until I had a referral um, from a new startup here, a biotech startup was my very first LinkedIn client. And I'm still friends with him today. <laughs> so um, so that's how it started. And, and I was just having a hard time here. Anybody wanting to pull the trigger. I mean, I was just charging like their digital marketing $300 a month. That was cheap, super cheap and, and very time consuming. And no one was wanting to pay me. So I took to LinkedIn and I started sourcing my clients from LinkedIn. And I started getting clients in Canada and almost, you know, every state major metropolitan area state here in the country. And that's when I decided that's it. That's what I'm going to do. So I concentrated most on, on LinkedIn. And it wasn't until I went to a marketing conference in San Diego in 2014, I got set up on a hot seat for seven minutes 
they dissected my business and said, fire all your clients and you should do LinkedIn consulting and write a book. And I haven't looked back since. So. And, well, and you did write a book, LinkedIn Publishing Profits. Well, only took three and a half years. <laughs> three <laughs> years later. <laughs> but I got it done. Yeah, actually, I wrote that book twice. And then I scrapped it and started over. <laughs> so... Yeah, you know, before I wrote my first book, uh, I had written two others uh, that, to varying degrees of, of completion, uh, and the same thing. I just it wasn't the right thing; it wasn't the right message. So I totally get that. Although it's really frustrating when you put in that much work to scrap it and start over. Well, part of the reason was in August I was going to release it in uh, August or September of 2017. And uh, I'm sorry, yeah, 2017. And then LinkedIn decided to take down the Pulse channels. And that my book at that point was obsolete. So I didn't, I didn't um, publish it at that point. And I waited a full year later to publish. So I kind of had to rethink the strategies <laughs> on how to do right. that. And so my strategies were actual uh, strategies that we use not only for myself, but my clients in promoting their articles. Yeah, and it's a good book. Um, I've I've had it um, on my my Kindle for a couple of years now, and um, and continue to go back and refer to it to make sure that the stuff we're doing is is on track. So um, for, thank you. Doesn't have it? They need to go get it. It's uh, LinkedIn Publishing to Profits, and we'll link to that in the show notes, so everybody can go find it. So you've had, I think. Um, I think probably of all of the people that, that I've interviewed in, in a short period of, of time over the course of, it sounds like about six years, you just had tremendous challenge. <laughs> I would because say we that. haven't even gotten to, to 2015 <laughs> yet. No. <laughs> and uh, I think it's in my, one of my articles, the burn wasn't even the start of it. That was the last thing I think. What was it? What's that saying about it comes in threes or something like that? <laughs> I think this, but that, that spring was actually the fourth thing that had happened to me. Wow. The first thing that had happened to me was on, um, good Friday of 2015 and, uh, nobody was home. My kids were Easter, you know, with their dad, it was their time. And my boyfriend at the time was down seeing his mom and like three hours away. And it was just me and the boxer. And, um, I'm out there working on my garden and we had this creek rock that we brought in and one of the rocks was loose and I stepped down and I have a, a, a decline. So I'm stepping down on a decline out of the planter and I rolled my ankle and gave myself a stage four sprain, which oh, no. I'm worse than a break. And so um, I had my neighbor just happen to be outside and she came and picked me up and brought me back into the house. So, but it didn't swell right away. So I didn't know it was a stage four sprain until Sunday. Well, my dog decided on Sunday, because he was one of those, you know, tricky dogs. He'd like to try and do these little funny, weird jump twists to get out of his collar so that he could, you know, not be in the backyard, you know, running around. And so um, he hurt himself. And I went out there to go um, let him back in because we didn't have a fence. And he couldn't move. And oh, no. 70 pounds and to try and pick up that dog uh, on a rolled 
ankle, which I was hobbling as it was, I, I think the adrenaline kicked in. That's how the only way I got him in the house. Wow. That was number one. Uh, number two, uh, my uncle passed away. He lived here in Kansas City. So, um, and then number three is my computer got hacked. I fell for one of those Microsoft is calling you to help you fix your computer. Oh, yeah. That was went around for a while. Yeah, I, I got, yeah, I recognize them now, <laughs> but not back then. And they had done like a team viewer thing. And I finally, I didn't go all the way through with it. I said, something's fishy here, but I was on there long enough for them to hack my computer. And mm. so uh, when I had the burns on July 7th, on a Tuesday morning, I got back to go get into my computer and I restarted it and I couldn't get into my computer. They had locked me out. Oh, no. They wanted $185 to get my computer back. And I told them to go fly a kite. And I spent, I don't know, two or $300 and called Dell. And I had to reinstall the operating system. <laughs> so, oh, gosh. <laughs> I had quite the spring. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it. So, I mean, when with all of that, I mean, even going, going back to where you started in 2011 and, and working all the way forward, how, what do you do? What, what is it that when you get challenged like that, what do you draw on to say, no, I'm, I'm okay. I'm going to keep going. Well, Steve, I'll tell you this, you know, being a single parent and I don't have really any family here. Um, it's hard for me to just kind of, you know, I guess, you know, just lean on, you know, other folks. And I've always, you know, done a lot on my own. And so um, with the with a few of my close friends here in the city, I will say that there's some books that I read that really help. Because I can tell you, when you go through stuff like that, I mean, your mindset could just tank, you know, and then you start playing that victim game and everything like that. So um, I started reading books and books helped me get back my mind back into that, that frame where I could actually um, you know, I can do this, but I will tell you this after the burn, it wasn't something that happened right away. Um, I fell into depression. Um, I gained like 60 pounds. I can't, I became a hermit because of that burn. Um, and so I couldn't see the light of the sun for a year. I wore a compression sleeve for a year. Um, and I kind of played the woe is me game, but I will tell you this, if it wasn't for the foundation that I'd already created in LinkedIn, I, I don't, I probably would have gotten evicted, you know, car got repossessed, you know, I don't know what could have happened. I don't want really to think about it, but, um, but it, you know, I turned around almost a year later when I walked into my doctor's office and said, Hey, you know what? Something's going on. I can't figure it out. Well, she diagnosed me with clinical depression. And so I uh, sent me over to a referral to also a psychiatrist for anxiety and I sat on that script and that referral for a week and I decided, you know what, I'm not going to do this. And I did not fill that prescript and I did not see that psychiatrist. And all I did is, um, you know, I leaned on some good friends and I read my books and I just dove right back into LinkedIn and I made more money in those six months than I did the whole year prior. You know, there, there's nothing like action forward motion mm -hmm. to, to make a lot of things better. Um, particularly when, I mean, I've found this just over the years that 
when I get in a tough situation, if I can just stop and think clearly enough to get moving, and that's what it sounds like you did, that just that motion itself begins to fix all the the mental chatter and 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 the mindset challenges. Um, it's just something that I've observed over the years, and and it sounds like that was maybe some of what was at work here with you. Yeah, I I will tell you what I took great joy. I still do great joy in helping people be successful on LinkedIn, and that's what I'm saying. Like, is when I dove right back into my work. I, when I started seeing people having good success and were, um, you know, utilizing LinkedIn the way I was helping them, that made me happy. And so, and I think that's kind of got me out of my funk in my fog, <laughs> I guess you'd say. That's a powerful story. And I think there are a lot of lessons there for folks uh, listening to, to kind of draw from. So uh, what I want to do is I, I want to take a quick break and we're going to come back and I want to uh, hopefully make you happy. So we can, we can talk about LinkedIn. We can help a bunch of people who are listening with LinkedIn. So why don't we do that when we come right back? We'll be right back with Tracy Enos. Hi, this is Steve. I hope you're enjoying this interview. We've got more to come in a minute, but what I'd love for you to do right now is rate this podcast, leave us a review, rate us on iTunes. It'll really help others discover the podcast and help us help other CEOs, other business leaders become unstoppable. So if you go to unstoppableceo.net, forward slash iTunes. You can find instructions there and links that will take you right to where you need to go to review the podcast. Thanks so much. Now back to the interview. Hey, everyone. It's Steve. Welcome back. And I'm talking with Tracy Enos. Um, if you listen to the first half of the interview, you know that she's an absolute LinkedIn expert. And we're going to talk about LinkedIn uh, now and, and the other things that she's she's really focused on. Um, right now to, to grow her clients' businesses. So Tracy, where, where do we begin with LinkedIn? I mean, it's been, it's been around for a long time. I know I've been on the platform for a long time, but it's always changing. So where's the best place for us to start? Well, um, everybody needs to get back to basics. And I know LinkedIn has changed a lot. And nowadays you're seeing the newsfeed go crazy and everybody wants this new shiny object or this new growth hack. And I tell people, I said, you shouldn't do that until you're ready to do that. And what you should have in place is your foundation should be completed and a basic marketing campaign that you're doing on a consistent basis before you try and go out and growth hack. Um, and I think that's what a lot of folks are seeing and they're getting sidetracked um, and they still have profiles that are incomplete or not client focused. Um, they're not keyword driven. Um, so that folks can find you for the products and services, you know, and solutions that you offer for potential prospects. Um, and I think that's where a lot of folks go wrong, you know, so, and I've seen, and I, I'm not going to, you know, I'll take the high road here, but I've seen a lot of these millennials get on the platform and they're killing it with video and stuff in the newsfeed. But I think, you know, they're getting a lot of views or getting a lot of likes and comments, but how much of those really equate to dollar signs? And then all of a sudden they're saying, well, you know, we can teach you how to do this too. Again, I'm going back to, you know, how many of those are really ideal clients? How many of those people have actually sent you a personal message, you know, or whatnot? And so um, I tell folks, you got to start with your profile because even if you get in the newsfeed and you write something or you post something or an article that goes viral, more often than not, those folks are going to come back and view your profile. 
So if you've not made over your profile to be the best that it could be, that it's, you know, showcasing your expertise and authority and it's client focused, then you may have lost a great opportunity. It could even be a six figure opportunity or more. You know, so that's where the basic come from. That's when I talk about the foundation work. And this applies in any marketing that you do. You got to sit down and define the who. You're, you know, create an avatar. So, and I know everybody regurgitates this all the time, but it really is the truth. You, I mean, you got to define the demographics because you're going to use those in LinkedIn, a lot of those anyway, in LinkedIn, especially in Sales Navigator. Those are your filters to go and find those folks. And then you want to define those psychographics. Ask those deep questions about their deepest fears and desires. And you want to, you know, who is it that they follow? What influencers, online publications, you know, what is the pains that they're having, you know, within their position or their jobs or the company? And once you can sit down and define those, then those are, you know, the foundation to articles, to posts in LinkedIn, and even, you know, messaging those prospects once you connect with them in LinkedIn. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, and, and it's funny, all of us in marketing talk about this whole idea of, you know, your avatar, your ideal client, whatever you want to call it. Um, do you fight clients over that? We, we have constant battles with new clients as they come on because they have the hardest time narrowing the focus. And I think there, there's, uh, there's a lot of power in, in bringing focus to that. And, and frankly, most businesses don't have a clue. I mean, they, they have a clue, they, but they haven't really, they haven't really, put it to paper, like, here's who we want to work with. And I find that just taking somebody through that exercise is really powerful. And all of a sudden, they go from not being able to see where the opportunities are to now seeing them everywhere, because they've gotten specific about who they want to work with. Well, I require that in our coaching and consulting programs, because I can't help you unless we really define the who yeah. and, the why and the what. And I don't usually get a lot of um, backlash. Um, you know, if they don't want to work with me and they don't want to do that, the homework ahead of time, then I won't work with you. That's just how it is. Um, but the, one, the ones that do, they sit down and we do it together. Then they're like, their eyes are opening like, wow, I really didn't know this about my clients or I never thought of it that way. Or you're asking questions that have never been asked before. Um, and a lot of times, some of them, they're still kind of clueless when I start asking questions. I said, okay, here's what we need to do. If you've been in business for at least three years and you're still struggling to define those, then go back to your past clients and start asking them a series of questions. And I actually have, um, you know, a document with some of those questions and asking them, you know, how did they find them? How did, you know, the conversations they had and they take them through that whole sales process to ultimately find out why was it that they hired them in the first place. And now they're going to have a lot of those questions answered that I had been asking them that they didn't have any idea how to answer. Yeah. And, and it's a powerful exercise to go through. So once we've got the foundation in place, so we've gone in, we've, we fixed up our profile and aligned it with the keywords that we think people will be searching for and, and really made it about our, potential client rather than about us. What do we do next? Where's the next best place to begin leveraging the platform? 
The next best place is to get yourself set up with Sales Navigator. I cannot, I cannot stress that enough. And in fact, I don't work with folks who won't use Sales Navigator. It is probably the best and cheapest tool that you'll find out there. I mean, even if you just paid monthly, was it like $79.99 a month? is one of the best tools ever. I mean, you get so many different insights and um, they're even improving it, by the way. I've seen some improvements um, over the last couple of weeks. Um, you know, folks don't understand how to use Boolean search outside of those search filters. And now even LinkedIn is going in there making suggestions. It's really cool. But you can save leads, save accounts. You can go in there and their homepage is not like the regular LinkedIn's homepage. So what if, if you save leads and accounts, they give you insights, giving you opportunities to go and start building that relationship with them by sending the messages. And you don't even have to be connected to them, which is amazing. You know, so yeah. I, I just honestly love it. I just love it. Yeah, it's really powerful. And, and you know, I've had clients ask me, well, do I get the the Pro, I forget what they do. They call it Pro still, or is it Premium? It's Business Premium. But yeah, Business Premium. They keep changing the names of things, and you know, or, or do I get the Sales Navigator? I'm like, it's not even a choice. It's only like a twenty dollar a month difference. <laughs> get the Sales Navigator because you with Pro you get like no capabilities whatsoever. Uh, you get some above free, but but all the ones you want are in Sales Navigator. Yeah, and the only ones that you get are different than the free version is unlimited searches. And you get to see everybody who's viewed your profile in 90 days instead of five per day. Right. Oh, so that's the only difference. Yeah, so, and that's not worth 60 I'm bucks. I'm sorry, I take, that, I take that back. You get some in-mails too. But, yeah. you know, so. so we've got Sales Navigator. We put, we've got some searches in there. I mean, it's, it's a fantastic tool. We, we do a, a process called the Target 100 where we – pick out, you know, hundred to 200 prospects that will work yeah. at a time. And I mean, we tag them all in sales navigator. It's just so great to, to kind of see what they're doing and what's changing over time. Gives you a lot of opportunities to open conversations. I agree. And, and even LinkedIn will make suggestions <laughs> on how to open up, you know, a conversation, yeah. which I think yeah. is great. So icebreakers, they call it. Absolutely. Yeah. So what do we do? So we've got that working. We know this, that, that, that we've now can build a list of people. How do we, how do we get in contact with them and not be Family? The, the three or four people that I had at, in my inbox at five o'clock this morning? <laughs> hey, do you want to buy my stuff? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> um, you know what? This is what we do. First, we personalize a invite. And um, that's going to improve our chances of them connecting with us. Um, I would hate to have a hot 100 or 200 list and not personalize an invite and then lose an opportunity in my hot 100. I mean, so that's, an, that's a, a must, must, must do. And then after that, when they connect with you, and LinkedIn is going to tell you in your own inbox that they've connected with you, which is an opportunity for you to start opening up a dialogue. And typically, we don't go straight for the jugular. Buy my stuff. I'm really awesome. <laughs> Check us out. <laughs> we'll go in there and thank them for connecting. Hey, that's awesome. Thanks for so much for connecting. And we can kind of do a couple different approaches. And we test things. And anything that we do, we test a couple different messages. Uh, first, sometimes we'll go and ask them 
we already know this because we've done our homework already, the foundation work. We'll go ask them about, you know, the pain points in their business, or depending on what their title is, you know, ask them about business and what their pain points are, you know, and whatnot. And believe it or not, people will go in and they sometimes they'll write you a book. And I call it a book because it's like a big, long paragraph. And if you're on your mobile phone, it looks like they're writing like a huge article or something. But um, and they'll just they just open up. Um, sometimes we'll just thank them and say, Hey, I'll tell you what, you know, thanks for connecting. And because you connected with me and I'm so honored, I wrote something I think might be beneficial to you or send it to someone, please, that who you think might benefit from this. And it's typically an article, something they don't have to opt in for. Not, not yet. So like I, I use my articles on LinkedIn. So we just take that, grab that link and, and there you go. Um, and that's how we start a conversation because a lot of times they're going to go back and look at your profile and uh, hopefully your profile is well done that that kind of already um, gives you a little bit of likability and breaks down those barriers a little bit and they start to trust you and then they want to respond to you. Yeah, it, and that's such a smart approach. Um, it, it It kind of takes into account the factor of time. I mean, I think to build any real relationship that's going to support doing business, there's this factor of time that has to happen because that that's part of what, what builds trust is that they see that, you know, you're going to treat them in a way that, that they're going to appreciate that you're not just out to sell them, that, that you're in it for a relationship. And that's going to, that, that actually enhances the whole process to, you know, not go straight for, the kill, so to speak. Um, and I, I think that's one of the reasons that people, a lot of people hesitate to do more outreach on LinkedIn is because you get so much bad stuff that you don't want to appear like that, you know? Oh, it happened. Believe me, I've gotten some really nasty responses before <laughs> asking for, I'm not even asking for to sell anything or even a meeting or a phone call and they come back and I mean, they just are, they're all out mad. You know, and I'm like, I'm really sorry, but if you really go back and look at what I sent you, I'm not trying to sell you anything. I'm trying to be valuable to you. I just want to give you value. <laughs> so, yep. and a lot of times they'll come back and go, oh, I'm really sorry. Mm -hmm. like, you know, so yeah, but it's because they get a lot of spam in their inbox and people yeah. are in it the wrong way. Absolutely. So, um, if, if, if we turn our attention a little bit to publishing, I know you talked a lot about that in the book. Mm -hmm. Is LinkedIn publishing still a, a, a good place to invest time, do you think? I do. And here's why. Even though, you know, LinkedIn kind of took away the fun out of publishing back in August of 2017, it took away the Pulse channels. They took away an opportunity to get your article featured in one of those channels. Um, they took away the fact that your whole network was notified that you wrote an article. Um, now nobody knows it's there unless they go hunting for it or unless you promote it. And so um, LinkedIn rolled out a beta feature back this last fall. I think it was October, November. I wasn't privy to this new feature. Boo. <laughs> I get a lot of them, but this wasn't one of them where you can actually now get people to subscribe to your signature series. I'm calling it a series. Um, so whether you donate that uh, denote it to being, you know, once a week, bi-weekly or once a month, 
people can now subscribe to it and then they'll get notified when you post a new article, which I think is fabulous because look, if you're not an influencer or you didn't get on that, the publishing bandwagon early and got a, you know, a following already, people are struggling to put that content out. And I'm telling you, there's some great content, great articles in LinkedIn that no one has seen at all. And I think this is just a great opportunity to bring it back to life. So I'm excited about it. Yeah, that would be fantastic. And, you know, everybody tends to think that to be successful with this stuff, you need a billion followers. But, um, Mm -hmm. you know, I I don't know if you've read Seth Godin's latest book, uh, uh, This is Marketing. But he he talks in there about a concept called the, the minimum viable audience. And I think for the vast majority of businesses, that's really what you're looking at is what's the smallest number of people that I need and, and how can I round them up? Because that's an easier problem to solve for than, oh my goodness, I've got to go get a, a gajillion people following me. But what's the smallest number I need today? Yeah, I might grow in the future. But what's the smallest number I need today to make this begin to work for me? And then focus on that because now you get down to the level of really being able to target people. And, and, um, and I just think that for most businesses, that's going to be really effective. And I hope they roll that out. Um, that would be, we, we'd use it in a heartbeat. So would I. I. Actually, I haven't published an article in a year. And that's partly the reason. <laughs> so um, it's not that I don't have articles within me or haven't written them offline. It's just um, who's going to see it right? But I will say, hopefully they roll that out pretty quickly. So those of you who are interested in or already have content, you can repurpose it from your blog or from, you know, um, sometimes people are on Medium. So you can take it, you know, from there and and repost it in LinkedIn. And it's according to Google, it's not considered duplicate content because LinkedIn's an authority site. Best practices is to, you know, in within the article, put, you know, the link to where the original article is. Just yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, but um, good to have sure. it in all of those places. Yeah, exactly. And so, um, but you're very right, and Seth Godin's right about this, you know, and I, I get a lot of questions about, do I need 30,000 people in my network to make this LinkedIn thing work? And I'm like, no. Um, one of the case studies in my book, I mean, when he was first doing this, he has 1,800 connections now, but he only had 1,400 connections. And he was making six figures just publishing. Gmail and LinkedIn, that was it. No website, no smartphone, no camera on his Mac. He didn't have any any um, sales funnels or opt-in pages, nothing like that. And he's making six figures because he had a select audience of folks that he had the right message to the right people. And that's all it took. You don't need 30,000 people. Maybe you just need a few hundred people. And that, you know, can equate to, you know, an ROI of 20 to 50% more a year. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I know things are always changing on LinkedIn. You've kind of given us some some great advice to go back to the basics, focus on our profile, focus on making real connections, and um, and definitely leverage all of the intelligence that's in Sales Navigator. What haven't we covered that you think would be important for somebody who is, is looking at LinkedIn now? And and are there any, any other platforms that that you think people need to be paying attention to? Well, I think the newsfeed is still important because, you know, it's now public. So anybody can find your articles. And as a matter of fact, I got a call earlier last year, it was summer, 
of 2018 out of the blue. And because I had posted a how-to video and put it in the newsfeed on LinkedIn and it being public, she found me on Google for that keyword. And then she went to my, uh, clicked on the link, which brought her to LinkedIn. And then she went to my profile, went to my contact info and called me. It was amazing. Now, it's never happened before. <laughs> I don't know if it'll happen again, but wow, right? So you kind of want to get active in the newsfeed. Um, I'm not saying that you have to do it five days a week because it's really hard to come up with great content and the algorithms have changed a lot. Um, another new feature that is coming up with LinkedIn is now it's live video. They're behind the times from Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Thank goodness they're coming up with that. That's in beta too. So I'm hoping that'll roll out to everybody here in 2019 as well. But just get in there and get active. And it's you have to be consistent. Um, don't make it all about you, your company, your solutions, your products, your services. Yes, every once in a while, you know, give yourself a promo. You need to go in there and start being valuable to your network. Because when your network starts engaging with your content, whether it's publishing or in the newsfeed, their network gets notified and then so on and so on. So this is where you could start, you know, getting more folks coming into your network that are, could be prospects for you that you have never probably found on your own, depending on the size of your network. So I think that's also important as well, but two to three times a week, I mean, make it fun. I have some ideas in the book. Um, but you know, go in there and I, I like to tell people, if they're like, well, I don't know how, where to start. Well, think of it this way. How about your 10 most frequently asked questions? We all know what those are, right? So do 10, two to three minute videos sharing, you know, the answers to those frequently asked questions. And if you posted that once a week, you have 10 weeks of content. Now you could also do 10 should ask questions. Now you've got, that's, those are questions that people should ask, but they don't. And so now you're starting to, you know, become valuable. So now you've got, now if you did that twice a week, now you've got 10 weeks and you only need one more post for the week and you could do something fun. You could, you know, show the culture of your company, um, just get in front of the camera and just talk, you know, if it's something just, you know, spark something that you just got to share it with the world, or you could go in and share your favorite productivity tools, or um, maybe something that has to do with your family. People like the human side of you too. It's not always about business. Um, I found that um, more people start watching my stuff when I, when I give them a little bit of me, that, you know, the side of me, I'm not perfect. I do dumb stuff. I say dumb things. <laughs> and I, I'm totally in love with my, my boys and I will put them on LinkedIn every once in a while. And they love it. They eat it up, you know, but that gets them back into checking out your profile and, and sending messages to you. Like I just posted one. Well, actually, it was just this last one about being on, on this podcast with you, Steve, and a couple others. And I had some people asking me to send them some info in the newsfeed, but I got several messages privately as well. So, and I didn't only got, what, 28 likes on that? So I didn't get hundreds and hundreds of likes or views on it, but guess what it did? It gave me an opportunity to open a dialogue and potentially close new consulting deals. Well, and I think your point on consistency is really important. Um, you're not going to post one thing and all of a sudden land 50 clients, but if you're showing up over and over and over again, um, it, 
you know, not everybody's going to see it every time and that's okay. But that repetition and that, that consistency is going to increase your odds of success exponentially. Right. And here's another thing that LinkedIn just gives out to gives you, you know, on the platter that people are not taking advantage of. And is they're going to notify you of who's engaging with your content. And you should just spend five or 10 minutes a day and going in and seeing if those people are first connections and go thank them for sharing your stuff or reply to their comments um, and go, you know, send them a personal message. Or if it's somebody that, you know, found your content because your network liked it, commented or shared it, go in and see if they're an ideal prospect for you. Go ask them for a connection request and let them know that they engage with your content. That's why you want to connect with them and start a dialogue there. But people aren't taking the time to do that. And it, it's very little time, five to 10 minutes. Now, unless you have something that goes absolutely viral <laughs> on you, which I've had a post that's done that a couple years ago, um, then you might need to get, you know, a, v, a VA to help you do something of that sort and go in through there. But for the most part, you just get in there on your phone and just reply to those folks, connect with those folks, start a dialogue. You'd be surprised how much business that you could create from that. Yeah, it, it, it really is. It's, it's astonishing when you, when you break it down to, to actually looking at who's interacting and then going connecting with those people. You can, you can engage people in conversation. And uh, I, I always like to equate that you know, that real world conversation to people. It's like the same thing that you're doing on LinkedIn. You walk up to somebody at a networking event, you ask them some questions, you know, you don't give them, at least if you do it well, you don't give them the whole sales pitch all at once. You probably don't even give them the sales pitch right then and there that evening, but you ask a lot of questions and then you tee up a next interaction, you know, where you take it a little bit deeper and, and all of these social tools really are the same way. It's just like people sometimes flush what they already know about how to be a human being and, and they, you know, they, they turn into this creepy sales mode. So, um, you know, right. we're, we're still working on some of the people on the planet, you know, which is good for you. I, I would imagine. Yeah, it's good for me, but I'll tell you, um, it, it almost happens on a weekly basis that I run into somebody who's still so mystified on how to use LinkedIn. It yeah. just, just baffles them. I, I think a lot of it is there's there's so much to LinkedIn. It's more robust than any other social media platform. And, and I'm not talking about the ad side of things, just the platform itself. And I think that's, you know, they get mystified and then they get overwhelmed and then they just don't do it. Yeah, it's, it, it is easy to get confused because there's a lot to it, particularly when you get into Sales Navigator. There are lots of knobs and dials and things to click on and exactly. it can be overwhelming. Well, Tracy, where, where should people go to find out more about you and, and the good work that you're doing? Well, um, they can go to tracyenis.com. Um, we're totally revamping the website, but you have an opportunity there to grab my book for free um, and then or schedule a, um, a consult with me. Um, and then, of course, my social media links are in there. You can connect with me on LinkedIn from there. Or you could just go to linkedintopublishing.com and that'll take you to a landing page and you, you can get my latest book for free, plus the case study with Bob Lovely, who I just um, discussed a little earlier about the publishing fellow in six figures and an extra little bonus in there too, which I only give to my private clients. 
But what's good about this is if you want to get a notified about 2.0, is once LinkedIn rolls out the beta, or uh, rolls out, I'm sorry, these two new features out of beta to everybody else, all the rest of the membership, I'm going to be updating the book to reflect those. With some Outstanding. Stuff, so. That's great. So um, we'll make sure we'll link all that up in the show notes. Uh, for those of you who are listening in the car, don't worry, it'll be there. You can go check it out there um, and, and find those links. Um, I highly recommend the book. Um, I've, I've had it for at least a couple of probably when I don't remember when it published, but I know I've had it for at least two years. Um, and, and we, we turn to that often just to make sure that we're, we're doing things the way that, that, uh, we need to be doing them. And so outstanding book, Tracy, Enos. thank you for being here. Thanks for being unstoppable. And, uh, just had a pleasure talking to you today. Thanks Steve very much. I had a good time. Thanks for listening to the unstoppable CEO podcast. Help others discover this show. Leave a review and rating on iTunes at unstoppableceo.net forward slash iTunes.